Hi, this is Taylor Rotwell back with another Laravel snippet. It is October 18th here in the office, uh, just wrapping up another week and uh, going to continue our series on kind of reflecting on selling $10 million worth of software in five years. Uh, last week, we talked about finding the right ideas to work on when building a project. And this week, I want to talk a little bit about building an audience. But before I do that, um, just a quick recap of what happened in Laravel this week. Uh, we did launch Postgres support on Laravel Vapor, so you can now create Postgres databases directly from the Vapor UI. Uh, David Hemphill and James Brooks also released Nova 2.5, which is a really big Laravel Nova release with lots of new uh, fixes and improvements. So go out there and check that out at nova.laravel.com. If you haven't in a while, there's been a lot of new releases um, in the back half of this year. So go check out, check that out and see what's new. All right. So building an audience. Now, as I said last week, I think it's really best if possible that you can build an audience before you even have an idea for a product or something you want to sell. Um, just because it's really foundational to selling the whole thing. And it makes it a lot easier if you already have a big audience that you can market your product to. So how do you build an audience online? And it's actually pretty simple. Um, the primary way you build an audience online is through freely creating and sharing value. And before we get much further, I, I want to establish something that I think is really important. When you freely share value, think about it like depositing money in a bank account. When you sell something or market something, think about it like withdrawing money from a bank account. And you might say that the more value the stuff has that you're sharing, the larger your deposits are and the higher price of what you're selling is sort of a larger withdrawal on that account. Now, if you just deposit a little bit into that account by sharing a little bit of value and then you try to make a big withdrawal on that by marketing something pretty expensive or that requires a lot from the customer, that's going to overdraw your account. You're not going to be as successful, I don't think, as if you made a lot of deposits over time into that account. You've really built up a lot of value, you might say, in that account. And then you uh, market something, you have the balance to make that withdrawal. You have a big audience. You've already shared a lot of value. So they're more, more willing to sort of give back to you by buying your product or looking at it at least. All right, so keep that in mind. And now value can take many forms. So let's talk about what shapes uh, value might have. Value could take the form of an open source project or an open source package. And some people build their entire audience basically off of one open source project. And this is kind of rare, but I, for example, built an audience by building Laravel and, and by continuing to maintaining it and adding new features and doing conferences around it and so on. Um, Evan, you shared value by creating Vue.js and its surrounding ecosystem. Now, it's also possible to build a large following by maintaining popular packages around an already popular open source ecosystem, such as what Frake has done with uh, Spotty. Now, it's not always practical to build an audience this way. Not every open source package is really conducive to building an audience. Um, for example, a string parsing library or a routing library, it's a bit too low, low level to build an audience from. It's just not uh, unique enough or sort of interesting enough. And to build an audience around open source, you probably either need a very foundational part of a person's system, like a Vue or a Laravel or React or Rails, or even something like Inertia or Livewire on the front end. Uh, or you need a lot of packages that provide value, something like what Frake has done. So, I mean, maybe you're not in a position to build an audience off of pure open source contributions. So what other shapes uh, could value take? Well, I think 
maybe most commonly it can take the course of just sharing or take the form of sharing knowledge. Uh, this could be in the form of blog posts or even something as small as tweets. And I think if you look at someone like Steve Shoger, who's a former part-time designer uh, working for Laravel and then became co-writer of Refactoring UI with Adam Wathen, much of his following is built off sharing really valuable tips in the form of uh, tweets. So, I mean, these are not even long-form blog posts. They're just really short little snippets of value that are were unique insights and provided really actionable things that you could do in your design work to improve it. And he built a, a massive Twitter following this way, which of course helps whenever you go to launch something like Refactoring UI, you've already deposited a lot into that account through hundreds of, of tweets that shared a lot of valuable knowledge. So he, he shared a lot of free value that way, really built up that account, and I think it paid off. And now, not all content necessarily has an equal amount of value. You don't want to just pump out quantity over quality, you might say. And it's, it's important to share things that are somewhat unique and maybe provide personal insight that you have learned while working on stuff. For example, it's not as helpful to blog something that can be easily learned elsewhere, like introduction to the eloquent ORM. It would, it would be much more useful to share value around something like maximizing eloquent performance, um, something like Jonathan Rennick has done. Uh, or you might say it's not as useful to share value in the form of like introduction to bash versus fine tuning your CLI for incredible productivity. Um, the other, you know, that's more compelling than introduction to bash, which there's probably thousands of um, already existing blog posts and documentation and so on on that topic. Uh, a perfect example of a company who builds value this way is Basecamp. Um, they write very detailed, very informative material about managing project projects, managing a company, hiring, um, you know, funding, stuff like that, all kinds of business-related stuff. And it's all extremely unique insight and high-value stuff that you really can't get anywhere else because they have, they're sharing a lot of personal experience there. And they share all of this stuff freely. And even their first book was free. Um, so value can take also take the form of kind of an interesting twist where you're curating value that other people are providing. Uh, this is still a valid way to build an audience. Um, for example, people that have podcasts like Justin Jackson or Adam Wathen, where they interview people about interesting topics, that's providing value, even though you're not sort of the first party providing value in that uh, scenario. Um, you're just kind of curating the value for other people to consume in a, a more accessible fashion or maybe servicing value that would be hard to find. And you might even say Laravel News function that functions in this way a little bit where they're, they're curating valuable contributions in the Laravel ecosystem. They're curating valuable pieces of information in the Laravel ecosystem. All right, so those are a few, a few shapes that value might take. Now, let's think about some things to avoid when building an audience. And when you share value online, especially in the form of writing or tweets, always keep in mind your signal to noise ratio. I see this so much. You want a very clean signal in your online presence. And I really think it's best that if you want to start building an audience around a given topic, you pretty much keep yourself focused on that topic. Uh, that's what I mean by you know avoiding noise in your signal. I don't think it's a good idea, for example, if you're building an audience on Twitter by sharing valuable knowledge to have lots of other tweets about random things that's not sort of the primary thing that you're focusing on. For example, like sports or politics or weather or, or whatever. Um, for one, many of these things are sort of regional and they're not applicable to a large 
part of your audience. And secondly, it just adds a lot of noise to other people's timeline and for things they're not really following you for. Um, so I think it's best to keep in mind, you know, what are people actually following me for? And as much as you can try to stick to that topic primarily, I'm not saying you can never tweet about any other topics or, or share a photo or whatever else. But I think it's important to just keep in mind the ratio of what you're doing and make sure that you're primarily providing value around the given thing that you're trying to um, build value around or share about. All right. And also think about your online persona. Um, I don't think you ever really want to tweet or, or share anything that feels like negative or complaining. I see this quite a bit too, actually. Um, where someone has a Twitter and uh, maybe they have like an ebook or something. And a lot of their Twitter is just complaining about things or like whining about things. Um, this should really be avoided at all costs. I think it's just not, uh, it's not very compelling. Um, I think it's best to have a very positive, energetic persona when you're sharing things online, you know, be excited about it, be positive about it. And I think that's just simply more attractive than, you know, being someone that's negative or complaining a lot. It's just easier to build an audience that way. All right. So that's some of my thoughts on building an audience, which primarily revolved around sharing value freely. And that value can take many shapes, many forms. It might take a form that I didn't even mention on this podcast. And if you have that in mind, go for it. Um, but just, you know, share value in a way that makes the world a better place, that makes people more productive, that gives people power and that uh, lifts people up, you know, in their day job and, and what they're working on. And I think you'll find that if you can, if you can continue doing that over a period of, of months and even years that you'll build a very large audience that way.